So I want you to close your eyes. Don't fall asleep. When I was a kid, I loved to pretend. I'd watch Western movies and I would set up pillows and I would set up chairs in front of those and I would take my dad's belt and I'd pretend I had a stagecoach. So I love to pretend. So I want you to put yourself and consider yourself a first century Palestine member, a Jewish Christian. You probably lived in a small house with your family. 90% taxes were being stowed on you from the Roman government. There was constant harassment from the government officials. Some of your friends were just put in jail. One of your closest friends was just crucified on a cross. Not Jesus, but one of your friends. You're less than 50 years from when Jesus died. You may have even be an eyewitness to him. You're an alien what is now a foreign land, which used to be called your land. Yet you receive this letter from this author that we don't know called Hebrews. And his encouragement is to not shrink back or walk away from your faith. Everything in your body is telling you to get away. Everything's a bit confusing, but you lean into each other as you meet each day to worship, eat together, and pray together as followers of Christ. You feel a little out of control. You don't know what's going to happen or what to expect from day to day. In fact, there's grumblings even in your house church about what should be done. Unity is cracking. And open your eyes. Does any of this sound familiar to you in the last three years? That's exactly what it was like in first century Palestine as a follower of Christ. These are Jewish Christians that the letter of Hebrews is being written to. They most likely are under intense persecution, and we see that from verse 19 of chapter 10. And they are wondering if they should go back to the old ways. The writer gives a defense of why they should persevere through the entire letter. He quotes from the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament. They probably have most of that memorized. Our passage this morning is right before the author gives the famous list of faithful servants from the Old Testament, usually called the Hall of Faith. The other is, is that this passage, especially verses 38, 37 and 38, are quoted from Habakkuk. And you think, I don't even know if that's a book of the Bible. Habakkuk is the only prophet that God speaks to specifically, not to prophesy to anybody else. It's just a conversation between a prophet and God. And yet there's some very distinct similarities of why the writer of Hebrews quotes Habakkuk. We're going to look at this this morning. So if you have your Bibles, if you would turn to Hebrews chapter 10, we're going to start at verse 32, but mostly camp out in verses 35 through 39. 
And before we do that, can we pray this morning as we begin to read God's word? Lord, give us strength today, we pray. Give us a heart that loves you. Convict our hearts, we pray, Lord. May the knowledge we have be sent to our heart and impart change. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to share the good news today from the book of Hebrews. If we have ears, which we do, may we listen to your word. And may it penetrate our hearts, convict our hearts, we pray, Holy Spirit, in your name, amen. Verse 32, remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So they had been being persecuted. They were tired of being persecuted. And they were wondering, these Jews following the Old Testament way, they're not treated the way we are. The emperor at the time hated Christians. It's been said that he would line Christians up along a road and crucify them and let them sit there as a way of showing the power of Rome. They were tired of this, and yet the, the writer of Hebrews is trying to encourage them to not shrink back. Verse 35, so do not throw away your confidence it will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, here's the quote, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. Verse 39, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. This morning, the first point from this passage is the Lord commands us, the righteous, those who are followers of Christ and a part of God's family, as Romans 8 tells us, to confidently persevere. Verse 36 says, uh, excuse me, 35, do not throw away your confidence it will be richly rewarded. 36, you need to persevere to the end where we will receive our reward. Polycarp in AD 155, the early church father, was threatened with death for his faith in Christ. He replied, for 86 years I have been God's servant and has done me no wrong, and how can I now blaspheme my king who saved me? The Lord commands the righteous to not throw away their confidence. With the strength of the Holy Spirit guiding and protecting us, we as followers of Christ can confidently persevere to the end. To the end is either we die and go to be with Jesus or to the end when Christ comes back. 
I've always, when people have talked, I'm always like, I don't really want to die. So I kind of hope Jesus comes back because I want to be like Enoch and Elijah and just have a chariot and go to heaven. You know, one of the other important things is being in fellowship with, with believers. What you're doing right here is what was shaken to the core in first century. They stopped meeting together because they were afraid. How many of you, when you came to church today, were afraid that somebody was going to come get you and drag you off to jail? I thought of the missionaries two weeks ago that were here. We couldn't even say their names on live on our live stream for fear that something was going to happen to them when they returned to their country of mission. I can't even imagine that. I remember some years ago, I went to Indonesia as a missionary and I took my daughter with me and we couldn't call ourselves missionaries. We had to call ourselves visitors. They liked the American money, so they liked visitors. And I remember sharing a message at a church. It wasn't a hidden church, but it wasn't well-known either. It wasn't like they had their own building and it said Christ Church or Cedar Home Baptist. It was a church that everybody knew was there and people would come if they were followers of Christ and the government left it alone. But had they found out, there would have been harassment. And I remember thinking, is this the day that they're going to find out when I'm preaching and I'm going to get thrown in jail. Each point this morning as we're talking, we're going to connect to, to chapter 11. Chapter 11 is one of my favorite chapters in all of the Bible. Romans 8 and chapter 11 of Hebrews. It's the hall of faith. The writer of Hebrews basically is encouraging them and saying, hey, listen, don't go back to the Jewish way as in the Old Testament way, but at the same time, look back and remember how faithful these people were. Abraham, what did he do? He left and went, period. God said, I want you to go, and I'm not even going to give you a road map. No GPS, no map, nothing. And so for this morning, for our first point, Moses in chapter 11, he's used an example of perseverance. In 11, if you wanted to switch there, that'd be fine. 11, 24 through 28. How is God asking you to persevere in your life currently? How is God asking the church to persevere? How long has it been since you've had a, a senior pastor, Shay? Two and a half years. Is the church still here? Yeah. Because the church isn't the senior pastor, the church is the people. It doesn't mean you don't want a senior pastor, but you've had to persevere. And I'm sure you've had people that have left. Said, if they're not going to have a senior pastor, I'm going to some other church. But those of you who have sat here and remained and persevered confidently that God is going to provide... I've, I've watched, because I'm friends with a few of you in here, I've watched from afar as this church has persevered in waiting. And I watch in awe that the doors haven't closed. Because it's God's church, it's his people. 
And I'll bet you you can understand more than even me what maybe the first century Christians were going through. Listen to the comforting words of Hebrews 13, 5 through 6. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? See what he's saying? He's saying don't look at the external, look up before you look out because God is here. Secondly, this morning, the Lord commands us, the righteous, to faithfully serve Christ according to God's will and not shrink back. That, that word shrink back or that phrase is kind of a military word, to not retreat. Verse 38, but my righteous will live by, my, by faith, and if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. And the first verse in chapter 11 is, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. The Lord commands the righteous to faithfully serve Christ. He is faithful to us. Verse 23 says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. According to God's will, we are not to shrink back, but to confidently believe. 600 years ago, Habakkuk is saying the same thing. God is saying the same thing to Habakkuk. 600 years later in first century, he's saying it to the first century church. The letter of Hebrews, 2,000 years later, is it saying it to Cedar Home Baptist and to the churches in the U.S. and in the world. Don't shrink back. Faithfully serve Christ. The author uses the Old Testament in the chapter 11 to remind the followers of Christ. The connecting verse is chapter 11, verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Abraham in chapter 11 is, the, is what the author uses as the example of faithfulness. Faithful to God's call. Remember, Abraham was 100 years old when he had beyond parenting. I don't know if we have anybody who's 100 in here, but if you're even in your 80s, think about having a child right now. What'd Sarah do? She just did what you did. She laughed. She's like, what? That ain't going to happen. And then what else did God say for Abraham to do? Take your son, whom I told you was going to be the seed, and sacrifice him up on the mountain. I don't know if you know this or made this connection, but did you know where Abraham sacrificed his son, when she didn't sacrifice him, was on Mount Moriah. You know where Mount Moriah is? It's right where Jerusalem is today. 
It's where Christ, the ultimate sacrifice, was crucified. The very same mountain. I've been there. It's an amazing place. If you've never had a chance to go to the Holy Land, man, it is amazing. That wasn't in my notes. That one was for free. How is God asking you to persevere? Think about Abraham and his faithfulness. Think about or write down a couple of ways that God is asking you to faithfully serve Christ. I noticed in the bulletin they're looking for more greeters. If you're a person that's outgoing, man, there's nothing better than when a newcomer comes to a church and a warm hand says, welcome to the church. Because you have no idea what they might be going through. And that handshake might have just saved them from doing something that they thought that they would never do. And that is to come and don the lights of this church. You know, the first century believers, they met every day. They had to in order to have enough strength and enough food. 90% taxes. What's the tax rate here in, in America? 30 to 35%? Can you imagine what it was back then at 90%? It's the opposite. And they wanted more. Think about ways that you could faithfully serve Christ this morning as we are commanded to not shrink back. You know, my... My faithfulness to serve has been tested this last four weeks. I've been looking for a job for the better part of three or four months. Not sure exactly what God has next, but God placed for the third time in my career to work with a painter. Now, I just need to share something with you and confess to you this. If I were going to build a house and I could contract one thing out, you know what it would be? Painting. Sorry, Jeff, if you're listening to this message today, I apologize, my boss. It can safely say, I do not like to paint. And that's where God has me. I was climbing up a ladder and I was watching a guy mow a lawn. And it occurred to me what God was teaching me. God was teaching me to serve him by serving others by painting this house. I'd love to tell you that from then on it was like sunshine and roses and I love going up and down those ladders and painting. I drip paint everywhere. I'm not accurate. Someone once told me, they go, you should love painting. There's just so much reward. And I go, yeah, but there's not reward. <laughs> but God is calling us to serve him. And I'm finding ways to serve with my coworkers. I work with one guy who doesn't speak English. He speaks only Spanish. And I, speak with an, I work with another guy from West Africa that only speaks French. None of us speak anything close to understanding each other. We do a lot of pointing. But we're serving. We're serving each other and serving Christ, hopefully, as a result. The Lord commands us this morning, the final point, as the righteous to believe. 
That is to be obedient to God's will. And again, he repeats it again. If anything's repeated in, in letters, you know it's important. He keeps saying, don't shrink back. Don't give up. Don't retreat. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. I wonder why he would say shrink back and they're destroyed. They're already being destroyed. But he's saying spiritually destroyed. If you have, excuse me, if you have time, I'm not going to read it this morning, but read 26, verses 26 through 31 of chapter 10. It talks about God's judgment. For those of us who are justice-oriented and think, man, what's going on isn't right. we got to stand up. Look at God's judgment and what God will do for those who shrink back. The Lord commands the righteous to believe, to be obedient to God's will, not shrinking back and thus avoiding destruction or punishment is God's will for our lives. Again, read the warning from 10, chapter 10, verses 26 through 31. Enoch from Genesis 5 and chapter 11 is used as an example of believing in the hall of faith. Where are you struggling to believe? 1 For me, it's control and expectation. There's something I continually have to give to the Lord. I want control. I want to know what my next job is, my next career is, how much I'm going to make, when I'm going to get to retire, that my kids are all going to be okay, that my wife is going to do okay, that I'm going to like my job. I want to know all of that. And those are my expectations. And God does not promise that. In fact, all God has said right now is, I want you to paint and I want you to be faithful and I want you to be obedient. As I began to look at this passage, I looked back at Habakkuk and one of the connecting points of the reason this writer uses this is that I think their, the foundation of their belief was being shook. And he said, look back in Habakkuk. And I'm sure they knew exactly what Habakkuk had said. The author twists, not twists, he changes the, the quote a little bit to make sense to the first century. But basically what he's telling them is, listen, what was happening in Habakkuk's day? The Babylonians were coming to attack, and what were they going to do? They were going to destroy Jerusalem, and they were going to take Israel captive. Do you know what was going to happen in 70 AD, just after the letter of Hebrews was written to the Jewish Christians? The Romans were going to destroy Jerusalem and take the Christians captive. And he's saying, don't shrink back. So I, I, I believe he was saying it for today, but I also think he was saying, don't shrink back because something's coming. But God is going to reward you for your faithfulness. So God's call on our life this morning is to 
Persevere confidently, not just persevere, but confidently knowing that God rewards those who do not shrink back and faithfully serve and righteously believe that he will do what he says he's going to do. As I close this morning, I'm going to invite the communion servants to begin to come forward. I'm going to do something different in a prayer. I'm actually going to pray a scripture from Hebrews. It's chapter 13, verses 15 and 16 and 21. It's our closing prayer, and then we'll do a time of, um, have a time of communion this morning. So if you'd bow your heads, here's our prayer for this morning from Hebrews chapter 13. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifice God is pleased. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dear, from the dear, from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord, I just pray today for the new leader, senior pastor, of, lead pastor of Cedar Home. Impress upon that man's heart today. Impress it upon the deacons and the search committee that are, that are looking through these applications. And I pray, Lord, that soon they will be able to find, but in the meantime, that they will obediently persevere, confidently persevere, obediently serve Christ and be obedient to their faith in you as they wait. Thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen.